0: have yourself a merry little christmas make the
1: Cabo, life can bring many difficult situations, domestic violence, addictions, poverty, and even sexual abuse by your loved ones.
0: Welcome, Amy Cabo and The Cure. Good afternoon, and welcome to The Cure Radio Show. I'm your host, Amy Cabo, joined by my better half. Our show is live on your radio through our app called The Cure, or live on our website, amyspurpose.com. We are broadcasting from Miami via satellite, and later it's going to be a podcast. This show deals with suffering and the tenacity of the human spirit, the will to survive, and the courage to keep moving forward, despite any obstacle, with the help of God and each other. We do provide testimonials to let people know that they're not alone, and in this show, the testimony started with me having been a survivor from child abuse well into young adulthood. We also have experts in the medical field and inspirational speakers that are willing to help and give us valuable information. We know that awareness is vital. Transparency is needed. And I believe we all suffer or have suffered from something. As for me, my healing came from God but other forms of healing are presented as well, to service everyone. Life can be very challenging, but always know there is always someone who cares. That was a very beautiful song. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. And that's what I hope for everyone. That's by Nina Nesbitt. I do hope everyone has a great Christmas to celebrate the birth of the Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave us new life, for all our troubles will be gone, baby Jesus has you, just hold on. Today we want to talk about faith-based counseling, is it necessary when it comes to healing, and do we need it? And our special guest is Charles Dixon charles is a licensed professional counselor working for a nonprofit profit as a counselor and critical time intervention team leader charles yeah. welcome to the cure we're now live on air charles thank you so much for ha- charles thank you so much for being with us and um uh mary Christmas almost, Um, but in this time of Christmas, that it's almost Christmas, the best that we can do is give others hope, and we all have a time in our lives where we need some sort of counseling in one form or another. I know, I had those moments myself until counseling alone wasn't enough, and there were other components in my life that I needed to straighten out that could only be accomplished with God. Charles, can you tell us a little bit about what Christmas means to you when it comes to faith-based counseling?
1: Absolutely. Um, this time of year really means a lot to me. A lot of the things that I think about in this time are the Advent season of well this week in particular of peace and the peace that only comes through Jesus Christ and the sacrifice that he made to come down to heaven and to be secure. And to live as we live and to experience what we experience so that he could be our advocate. And that we could turn to him in times of need and seek out the power of the Holy Spirit that he's given to us as Christians. When we call upon his name and when we give that our hearts right. over to Salvation.
0: I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: No, no. Um, but that's a lot of what Christmas means to me is the free gift that was given by God and his son. And then the fruition of that by the sacrifice he made on the cross for us. And then also to the resurrection that proved that he truly was the Son of God and the hopeful turn that we all have in our hearts this time of season, knowing that he will return one day and hopefully see all of us prepared, waiting, and ready for his return.
0: And And to think about it, I mean, God gave his only begotten Son to save us in, in the most ultimate way of sacrificial love. And that is the greatest gift of all, because doesn't that in itself give hope?
1: Yes. Yes, it does. It makes me think a lot of all the prophecies of the Old Testament and how they all pointed to his his presence in that time and everything that is sung and a lot of the songs that you hear at this time of season. And we as Christians are more tuned to those things than as we meet non-believers and sharing with them those, what they call Christmas carols, we call him, and just helping them understand that these are all things that were said many, many, many years ago in prophecy and when the fateful night came and the star over Bethlehem and led the way for the wise men. Yeah. The host that worked with the shepherds and told them the good news that Christ had come into the world. And uh, this, this time of year is just such a special time that it also, too, in, in the counseling world, is a time when we see a lot of people go through seasonal depression and things of that nature because of the changing seasons. And I, I do like that Christmas is this time of year. I know that a lot of people like to argue and get historical with when was he actually born? But I think facing the holiday at this season when everything in a lot of parts of the world is winter is sitting upon and you see things around you dying and things of that nature. So it, they can focus on crops and he it, it for them.
0: It's a moment of, of thought, of, of deep thought. And if you can tell me a little bit about your counseling, you, your counseling is faith based, you integrate. God into your counseling as, the, as a form of healing. To me, it's the only form of healing. But um, have you dealt with atheists or agnostics? Have you been able to help them? Or is it only Christians that can benefit? That are most likely to benefit?
1: No, I have, I have worked with and atheists and individuals as well as believers who have walked away from their faith. Um, and then also strong believers as well. Um, I think one of the things that really helps a lot of people understand, especially from an agnostic and an atheist point of view, is if they don't accept that gift of Christ in their heart, that is their choice. But if they can understand what gravity is, what obstacles, all of those things, you can't debate those in an agnostic or atheist point of view because those are things that are right, around us all the time that are, from their point of view, are scientific, but from our point of view, are free gifts from God. Because, I mean, if and I've always found when talking with atheists and agnostic people, if I can relate to them in a way of helping them understand the gravity of how we exist on this planet and we don't float off into the you know, atmosphere, and that we have oxygen that's contained in this sphere that we live on, and given to us, that starts to hopefully open their eyes to really see what is really going on around them, help them understand that there is something that they do not want to acknowledge about. There is something that is helping them exist and survive and thrive in this environment.
0: Um, I mean, yeah, a lot of that's the way I, just think of the majesty of the world, of, of everything that was created. I don't believe it just one day existed for no reason. But here's a simple thing. I had a question one day. I asked somebody, how about suicide? If God does not allow us to go through anything we cannot handle, how come people choose that option where they completely give up? And I found out, I learned that the answer is because God provides. And God can only provide if you have God in your life. Because if you don't have God, then it, it, you, you feel like you cannot handle it. And it, it, it's, it's really sad. But if you have God, you get a confidence. You know that he's with you. You know that it will pass. It's just a different way of looking at things, a different frame of mind. And for me, it's, it's my only strength. I am no one without God.
1: Exactly. Exactly. It makes me think a lot of King David in Psalm one thirty nine, verses twenty three through twenty four, where he says, Search me God and know my test me and know my anxious thoughts and then see if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in that way everlasting. And and just looking at those two verses, if you really just break those apart and look at those, search me. Well, He's always searching us. Know me. Know my heart. He knows what we're thinking. He we knows who we're going to say before we say it. But then also, too, test me. And talking about suicide, there are many times where God is searching us. And he knows our heart. But he's also going to test us because he knows our anxious thoughts or he knows our suicidal thoughts. How do we even know, know it's
0: God us. testing us? How do we know it's not the enemy testing us and God is just allowing it because he knows you can handle it and you'll pass the test and you'll actually, it's a great opportunity to prove, to shine and do something great and make a difference
1: exactly, it makes me think a lot of those I
0: don't like to blame hours. God <laughs> Oh. so but I am Amy Cabo and this is The Cure we will continue talking about faith-based counseling when we come back Please stay with us.
2: Please call in if you have a question or would like to share your experience counseling. Call us 1866 34 Truth. 1866 34 Truth. We'd love to hear from you.
0: We will be right back with Amy Cavaday and the Cure.
1: Life can bring many difficult situations, domestic violence, addictions, poverty, and even sexual abuse by your loved ones. The issue is not stay there, but to overcome all obstacles and show that with the love of God, your husband, and your family, you can succeed. Love is the answer, God is the cure, reveals Amy Cabo's life, a warrior who didn't give up and achieved the dream of her life. You can get to know more about her and her story on godisthecure.com or buying her book on amazon.com. I is
0: and now we will continue with Amy Cabo and the cure. We're back. Thanks for tuning in. This is The Cure and I'm Amy Cabo. For those who are just joining us, we're discussing when to go to counseling, when do we need it, and have you tried God. We're al- That's you.
2: Oh, okay. We, <laughs> <laughs> we are live. Where are we live? Oh, on your radio. <laughs> and social media. Look for Amy's Purpose. Later the show will be available as a podcast. Search for The Cure on any podcast or download download our app, The Cure. We would love to have your feedback on our show as well. Please visit amyspurpose.com and fill out the survey under The Cure Radio.
0: Thank you. That was All I Want for Christmas by beautiful Mariah Carey. I don't care about gifts. I treasure precious moments. And all I want for Christmas is God deeply in our lives. So, Father, please, Make our wish come true. We're talking to Charles Dixon, a professional counselor. Charles, I I read a little bit about um, what you do, and I wanted you to go in to explain to us what is critical time intervention. Okay, um, critical
1: critical time intervention is a nine-month model that was based out of New York uh, to help homeless individuals find housing. Um, a lot of times when individuals either age out of foster care or are released in jail or if they deal with substance use and they're not unable to balance the budget and they get evicted from their current home, they need something to kind of give them a hand up, not necessarily a hand out, but a hand up. And it works in three-month phases of the nine months. And what it does is it allows for a targeted case management model provides provide them connection to service providers in the community that might not be aware of. And this could be anything from Salvation Army to any type of Christian ministry outreach that's available, food banks, um, United Way, that can help them and help them in those times get help with paying security deposits or paying utility bills if their power is getting ready to be cut off or give them food. Um, if they need, you know, they don't have enough money for food or maybe they're applying at the uh, Department of Social Services and they don't have enough uh, money for food stamps and or either they don't even qualify for food stamps and they need those types of things. So what we do as a team is we connect these individuals with other services that are able to help them fill that gap in those times of need, and that's why it's called Critical Time Interview.
0: And does does it involve, I, I suppose it involves counseling services? Uh, maybe to get them to love themselves again and because i think that when they become i know my brother is homeless and i don't know anything about him uh not everyone made it in my family but um it's it's got to be a very bad place where they've given up on themselves they've given up uh, uh, the love for living and most a lot of us realize that it's a great privilege to be alive but their way of thinking must be so different kind of like how i thought when i was depressed except i'm not in the streets so are you able to re-educate or by counseling get them to a place where they're again self-sufficient and proud of themselves
1: yes and one of the things is is i myself being the team lead that i'm the first person that they meet and i i moved them usually two to three times to begin with to I'm a licensed clinical professional counselor. I do advise them you know, that we all have issues. We all have struggles. We all have things in life where we need to be able to talk to someone and say, I need help, and be willing to ask for that help and to receive the help. Um, a lot of times there are individuals, though, Like you were saying, things don't necessarily for them. They don't think a lot about consequences for actions and things of that nature, and they still choose not to do that, and that's still something we have to respect is their choice. Um, But there are a lot of them that, yes, once they meet me, they say, hey, you know, I'd like to to do counseling, and then we always connect them to an outpatient counselor um, because that is another aspect of what we do is we connect them to, Psychiatric treatment if they need that, medication management, counseling, and also too. Um, I, the thing I do is, first time I meet someone, I do ask them what their religious background is and what their belief system is, and we do have that conversation. And, and I let them know. That's and them super understand. considerate
0: of you. <laughs> That's super nice.
1: Oh, oh, absolutely. Well, it's one of the it's one of the beauties that we have is that we can ask someone what their religious belief is. We can't tell them what ours is, but we can ask them and then connect them for whatever they need. But if they identify as Christian or if they don't even really know anything about it, but they do know about Christ
0: and they do know about Christmas and they do know about God. Or all they, is they just or believe in a higher okay. being. Just some people exactly, exactly. have uh, an idea that there must be a higher being.
1: <laughs> exactly. And the thing is, is, is if, if they are willing to talk about Christ and they identify that, I remind him that our Savior, he was born in a manger. He came into this world essentially homeless. And he quoted the saying, the fox has holes, but the, the Son of God has nowhere to lay his head. He was homeless. Does and it, helping them understand the community and that we have, to, we have to empower each other and we have to support each other. But you have to be willing to receive that help.
0: And does it work better when you talk about God than just ordinary therapy?
1: I have
2: found it, too. Yes. Charles, l- let me ask you a, a question. So, there is so much uh, um, homelessness still. Um, why is that? Like, uh, there is no enough support? Uh, uh, not enough God? or. Not enough? What is it? Policing? Well,
0: it's,
1: that's, that's a really good question. Um. I think, well, your last comment there on policing is one of the things I think too is educating law enforcement to let them know that there are resources out there too as well and that's another thing that our program does is educate them that if they do run across someone that's homeless, instead of possibly arresting them for, you know, uh, trespassing or or soliciting or something like that, bring them into a center, bring them into a 24-hour crisis recovery center,
2: let them Charles, we lost you. Wait,
0: you cut out, Charles. i It must be raining over there. <laughs> <laughs> it's raining over here. Maybe he'll call back. Okay.
2: Oops. Yeah, he's gonna call back. So yeah, the homelessness is, is a big situation. I guess it's a multi, multi division, multi multi how do you call it? Multiple approaches problem problem
0: that needs well, to be. it's many things that they have to address. Remember, you taught me that. Just think of a different way to say it. Yeah. And you can't think of something. Just say it a different way. But yeah, it's it's multifaceted. Hello? Is that it's... Charles? Charles, are we yes, back? Yes, Charles. I'm sorry. Okay. It's okay. Yes, I'm. But, but as I was
1: saying, just let, letting educating law enforcement and letting them know. What is available, I think, is one of the key factors, too, because a lot of the individuals deal with substance use and things of that nature. And so that is, I think, a very key part of it, too, is visiting the law enforcement and letting them know that there are places where you can take individuals instead of placing them in jail for trespassing. Or but suicide. I
2: guess it's, the, the solution probably is not to let them camp in front of uh, City Hall either, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, you yeah, want to you want to encourage good behaviors, obviously, right? Um, and but education really is key. I didn't know there was help like this. I didn't know that you're in charge of going out there and helping those who are most forgotten and ignored. I, I mean, well,
1: and that's... That's a good point because uh, myself, I am the uh, we are the only team in our nonprofit organization in the state of North Carolina, and I just recently was at a training and met some individuals from Utah.
0: Well, we're definitely going to gonna give your number out that <laughs> i may be Cabo, and this is the Cure. Please call
2: if you have experienced any relief when you were going through problems by counting on God please call one 34 truth or if you think that God really helped you when you were suffering. We will be right back
0: with Amy Cabell and The Cure.
1: And if prayer is your last resort, God is telling you something. He's using suffering as a textbook to teach you who you really are. So. If you really want to know how deep your relationship with Christ is, judge yourself
0: when you suffer. Really It'll help you to know how much amazing you amazing need amazing to grow. On it. I'm Johnny Erickson Tata. That's hilarious.
2: Now you're on it. Baby J. Zupa, rum pum, pum pum pum. I am a poor boy too, pa rum, pum pum pum. pum. I have no gift to bring, pa-rum-pum-pum-pum. That's fit to give a king, pa-rum-pum-pum-pum.
0: And now we will continue with Amy Cabo and The Cure. Welcome back. We're back. And thank you for listening. This is Amy Cabo and this is The Cure. You can listen to us every Saturday at 1 p.m. through our app, The Cure, or our website, amyspurpose.com. All shows are available
2: as a video podcast as well. Just look for The Cure on iTunes. And again, we would love to hear your feedback on our show. Please visit amyspurpose.com and fill out the survey under The Cure Radio. Thank you so much.
0: That was The Little Boy by the one and only... Bill Crosby. We may have no gift fit for a king, but we can offer God the best of us. Name a few ways you can please God daily, and there's a gift. I'm sure he will appreciate it. We're talking to Charles Dixon, a professional licensed counselor. Charles, I understand that you utilize focus on God's promises with using mindfulness mindfulness techniques. Can you tell us what that, why that is better, how that is beneficial?
1: Absolutely. Um, well, if you reference First Thessalonians five seventeen, where it talks about praying continually, I know that a lot of people when they think of prayer, it is the humble bowing before God and closing your eyes. But it's also, if you reference that scripture is a mindset. It's something that we have to mindfully be conscious of at all times, as I was saying earlier about dealing with people that are agnostic or atheists, the gravity and the oxygen aspect of how we live, how we exist, how we survive and thrive in this environment. And yeah. a lot of times, with individuals, when doing mindfulness techniques, such as something as deep breathing or calming skills, teaching them about those, the simplicity of those things and that a lot of the things are the physiologically, aspect of how our bodies are made when we become anxious, uh, or very agitated. We do not have enough oxygen in our lungs. And these this is this is a gift from God. And if we don't take time to just slow ourselves down and take a deep breath and just focus on that breath and be thankful for that breath, then we really are not allowing ourselves to pray contently, to stay in a mindset of gratitude towards oh. God and the gift He's given.
0: For me, I try to simplify it. Anything that's bad brings about angry feelings or hurts somebody's feelings or serves no good purpose. That's things that I find from the enemy I don't want to do. And then God said, only have happy thoughts and say happy things. And you know, that's how a kid is. That's probably why they said to enter the kingdom of heaven, you have to be like a kid. So, exactly. I, I know that you integrate Scripture into therapy, but do you believe that it's a great guideline that maybe Scripture improves humanity?
1: Yes, because it's our, I mean, it's our basic instructions before leaving Earth, if you want to use an acronym that I've heard before, the Bible. You know, basic instructions sure. before leaving Earth. and It's, it's our tool. It's the, it's the guide that we have. It's how we know God's will. If you want to know God's will, open your Bible. Um, it's, it's there, and everything you need is there. It relates to every single person that's ever existed in the Bible. Those stories can relate to every single person and every single struggle that everyone goes through. And that's the reason why there are so many people in the Bible, and there's so many characters in the Bible, and every one of them fail and make mistakes, but they learn from those mistakes. And the only one that doesn't is Jesus Christ, because he's our perfect King of kings and Lord of lords
0: and i mean you're you're a professional counselor but we we can also counsel each other i mean we're sometimes there for our friends and we counsel them and we give them advice i've always found it that it's most helpful and it's when my friends have been at their lowest that they realize that they need god and i found that that's the counseling that w- was most helpful but some of us we feel like we need to go through hard times alone? When is it okay to go through it alone, and when do we need a support system? We're not on an island. We do need each other. Mm.
1: Mm. Yes, absolutely. And One of the things that I always think of with that, too, is the frequency of spirit and how love and joy and peace and meekness and kindness and gentleness and self-control and faith patience and this is all those things <laughs> yes.
0: I always say yes. I tell my kids lazys not from lazys from pickpocket it's definitely not something God wants you to do <laughs> exactly. It's, it's exactly it's really not that difficult if you put it if I, I mean I, I like to simplify things but um but you mentioned prayer and yes. and I I don't know much about the Bible but prayer is so important because There'll be days where you could have, you can know better. You can have the right thoughts and be in the right place and all this and that. And there'll be days where you're just, there's days I can't even start my day without prayer. And for those who don't know or don't feel like they know what's the right thing to do or they don't know which direction to go in, or for those that feel lost, if they do at least pray, God will bring them to it we'll bring them through it and you, that's that's the one thing that i want to just really emphasize to our listeners is that if you have nothing at all just try prayer everything else will fall into place i mean i'm living proof of that but do you do you use prayer during counseling
1: well, and that's, that's a good question because sometimes when you integrate mindfulness into that, it could be nothing more, and I like the fact, Amy, that you said the simplicity of it. It could be nothing more than just a, an act of humility of saying, help me. And and lots of people have said, all I need to do was walk out of my backyard and just cry out, help me. And that is a form of prayer, whether they realize it or not. And that sure. is to me... is is just one of the the ways that we we don't have to make it too complicated like you're saying, Amy. It doesn't have to be something that's very complicated. It can be something as simple as saying, help me, and then something as easy as the gratitude once we see our lives being changed and we see things changing and working out for the better that we think whatever that higher power thing was if we do acknowledge it as God, which is my hope. Um, But as far as being able to pray with someone during counseling—the only way that could ever happen is if they were to ask for that. But as a licensed professional counselor, in my, in my code of ethics, I cannot require that a person pray.
0: How about when you start your day when you go to work? Do you pray with those you work with? Uh, do you start your day with prayer? Is—is is it your—is it the backbone of of your yeah. of the structure of what There's, you're doing?
1: There's actually,
0: go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead.
1: No, there's actually two things, actually. It's funny that you mentioned that. There's actually two things that I do. One of the things I do alone, personally, is I do my Bible devotional to where I will read um, from Billy Graham's Hope for Each Day. It goes through each day of the year, and it has different scriptures, and then also is words of encouragement and gives hope for each day of things that, a lot of times we might lose sight of in our busyness. But then also too interesting you mentioned that. Um, the people that are on my team, each one of them has some form of faith belief and they have all went through recovery because each one of them are peer support specialists. And so right. they can relate to the individuals that they that they work with because they have been through those types of things. And right. when we were in assassin actions this week, one of the peer supports asked Instead, can we pray? And it was amazing that when we all prayed together, that so many of the individuals we served certain things God started orchestrating in their lives. And it was the very next day we were together and we were talking about something to start our day, and said, we need to do this again because would you believe that this happened and this happened
0: and this happened? And I said, well, oh, I'm finding one of Will you share a success again? story with us? Will you share it? A success story. Um, Sure. Um,
1: So we had uh, one lady who, I I can't really get into too many details, but she was looking for housing and needing housing and was about to give up on our program, which does happen sometimes because it is a long process, that nine-month process, but we always say that it's not only about obtaining the housing, it's also maintaining the housing. And this individual had um, obtained some housing, but then had lost that house and had went into a psychiatric unit. And then once this person was released from the psychiatric unit, we had connected them while they were in the hospital with resources that they could have when they got out and they were ready for them when they came out. And they were so grateful and so thankful because they were, they were in the hospital. They thought, I'm not going to have anywhere to go. I'm going to be homeless again. And God had orchestrated things where even though, from the onset, it looked to the individual as, here I go again. I'm going back into the psychiatric unit of a hospital. I'm going to be homeless again. God had used that to prepare the way for this individual to have what they needed, which was a better place, a place was closer to her natural supports and the things that she needed. And so now she's closer to her psychiatrist. She's closer to a recovery group. She doesn't have to worry about trying to find transportation to these things. So it all worked out great, and it was it was a great blessing.
0: Well, there's always hope because God always makes the right things happen. When we're back, we'll continue talking to Charles Dixon about counseling, God-centered. Please
2: call in if you'd like to ask a question to our guest counselor, Charles. Call us, one 34 truth one 34 truth
0: be
1: right back with Amy Cavill and The Cure. Hi, I'm Johnny Erickson Tata. Most of us would say that we know ourselves well. We've got a pretty good grip on our spiritual maturity we do. We know who we are down deep, or at least we think we do. But the true test of our spiritual maturity is this. The next time you are hit hard with affliction, with pain or disappointment, watch how you react. Will anger or worry be your immediate response, fretting or frustration? Measure how long it takes you to finally trust God with it all.
0: We'll continue with Amy Cabo and the cure we're back thanks for being with us I'm Amy Cabo and this is the cure you can listen to us live every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern on your radio on our app the cure and on social media look for Amy's purpose later the show will be available as a podcast as well search
2: for the cure with Amy Cabo now the Amy is spelled a little bit tricky it's with an
0: I and a double e On any podcast channel. Thank you. That was Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays by the lovely group and SYNC. Lovely group. Wow. Yes, they're nice. I I guess. There's no better time of the year. I love seeing people happy and of good cheer. The love spreads all around. We acknowledge all the blessings from above. And God sends us his love. We are talking about Professional Counseling God-Centered with Charles Dixon. There is a, uh, a what is this called, saying in the Bible.
2: Mm, it's in the Bible, but it's based on the Bible saying. Uh, well,
0: it's in the Bible. Okay. Whether you're a pastor, counselor, small group leader, parent, or simply a servant of the Lord, you're Christ's ambassador called to minister the message of God's reconciliation to the people around you. 2 Corinthians 5.20, if you know how to find that. (laughs) The Lord Jesus Christ says to you, you are the light of the world. Matthew 5.14. If you don't shine the light of Christ in your circle of influence, it will be dark especially for those who have been mistreated in some way. Charles, is there a hope for mentally ill people, or has the stigma blinded us from those who can be helped?
1: That's a great question. I feel like I I slowly see the light shining more and more in this dark world. I know that when I first started in this career, there was a lot of that, but as each day goes by, I hear more and more people um, being able to put that, uh, put that dark mindset away and let the light shine where the only way the light can shine is when we fully surrender and when we let go and we let God's light shine through us and we accept that he loves us and we accept that he wants joy and peace for us and he wants us to be able to help others as well, exactly as you were saying. Um, it's one of those things to where I know that when I was in grad school, one of the things that really struck me was when we had to stand up in a room and raise our right hand and we all thought we were getting ready to do an oath and what we did was we repeated, we all have issues, which was very freeing, I think, for many of us when <laughs> we were great. able to say that. I love uh, it. it. Was, yeah, that yeah, it was really cool. I, I, it was very we, freeing for I, our, I know that all
0: of us. Yes, I know that I went through many, many years of living in the darkness. And it's not that I didn't know about God. It's just that I was praying to God, and I was praying without belief. I believed that I was that one exception. God didn't love <laughs> for some reason. And so I was just meant to be a miserable, suffering person. So, But um, thank God He opened my eyes.
1: And
0: uh, Yeah, and that... Yes, go ahead.
1: It definitely is one of the, one of those things to where the, the farther we go into that belief, the more we think that there is no turning back. And Matthew West has a, I, I can't remember what where he was and what he, when he said this, but I remember him saying that the farther we swim away from God, he's always standing there. And it's going to be a longer journey coming back, and we'll get deeper in that, but we can always turn back to him, and he can bring us back to the shore and bring us back to where we need to be. It's just we can take our eyes off him sometimes and we get we get lost in the darkness of and don't realize he is the light.
0: Are you kidding me? Matthew West has a song, The God Who Stays. I was just listening to him this morning. <laughs> 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 Grandpa, <laughs> that means God never goes away. It doesn't matter what you've been through, who you've been, nothing God. He he's he loves us even our weaknesses, even our humanity. Uh, you know, we're going to be flawed. We're human. We're not perfect, um, but we could just always keep trying and try to be better each day. Um, it's it's uh it's it it's just an incredible thing because I know that I, Charles, I tried everything, everything, and I did not know I did not know that there was this that. I because I did not believe God loved me, then I'm saying that him dying in the cross was nothing, that his sacrifice was nothing. How can I not believe that he loved me? I was illegitimate illegitimitizing that. And not only that, but then I learned that because of his resurrection, you, all your sins are just erased. You get to start over. You're a new creature. You have a new life. And not only that, but that you're made in the image of Christ. So, therefore, you're capable of doing really good things and being a good person if you really wanted to. You just have to try harder, because it's harder to be good than to be ordinary. <laughs> so, so, I mean, but how, how do you... What do you do, I mean, once... If if you do come across somebody who just does not believe that God loves them, what's the best thing you can tell them? Send him to church. <laughs> because a lot of people, there's a lot of people that suffer horrible things, and they say, God must not love me. And, you know, right. I get that. I get that. I suffer for like 25 years. I get that.
1: Right. Well, and the, and the thing is, is just really helping them understand that God lived and came down here in the re, in the representation of His Son Jesus. And the thing is, is that He knows what we're going to experience. He had times where He had people around Him die. He cried for His friend Lazarus. He had times where He didn't know what He was going to do. In the Garden of Gethsemane, He sweat, drops of blood. You know, and and helping them understand that that. No matter what they're going through, no matter how bad they think it is, if they just take that time to, like I was saying earlier, open the Bible and read those things. Um, and as Boris was saying, you know, send them, send them to church. I mean, that would be great, too, but and it's also nothing more than doing as You were saying earlier, though, that ambassador, faster, you know, being able to give someone a hug or being able to give someone a smile or give someone some food or or those types of things, because as Christ even said himself, you know, if we give a cup of cold water in his name, he is there. We are representing him, and that when we visit people in jail, he is there. Um, All the things that are right there in Scripture, it it points the way, and and he's with us. And it's really one of those things that I know for me, if I struggled, I had prior, was coming to that point of surrender and letting God take over. And to really give you a true answer... I can't, because it's not me that's doing the work. It's God doing the work through me, and me uh, getting out of his way, and me allowing him to do what he needs to do and to say whatever he needs to say to that person, because it's just one of those things to where, like you were saying, being an ambassador, we are we are just representatives of him, and the power of the Holy Spirit gives us the words that we need to say and puts us in those places and those times when we need to be there. I have so many experiences to where I've been in places to where if it was just in my mind, you know, it was... I will. I would never have to sit in these places. But because God has called me to go to these places and to be here, he's with me and he's the one doing the work. It's not really even me. Yeah. Or, he's or, helping us,
2: guiding us.
0: Or what's wrong with me? Why am I having all this negative thought? And why do I always think the worst case? And, you know, I figured it out. Don't pay attention to the stupid first thought. I call it the stupid first thought. That's a temptation. And I learned that from writing, reading a book, how saints Bible says and I got a lot of you know good hints and so the way that pickpocket works is just the same way we believe we can be our worst enemy and manipulate ourselves into believing something that isn't there it could also be pickpocket and you choose to entertain that thought and believe it or you choose not to and you fight it with the opposite positive or something. Or you say, well, at least this is going good. Who cares if that's going bad? At least I have this. Or at least this is good. And that's more likely to be you or come from God. Yeah. Right. I just had an idea.
2: Uh, actually, not an idea. <laughs> just remember. So treating addiction is actually based, the whole principle of Narcotics Anonymous or Alcoholism, Alcoholics Anonymous is based on faith. Right, the whole 12, twelve steps thing.
0: Yes. Well, that's believing that. something greater than yourself. Right. That's the only thing that works when nothing else does. Well,
1: mm-hmm. Well, the first step is the first step is <laughs> surrender to a higher power and realize that God is in control.
2: That you are. Believe
1: in something greater
0: that you're powerless.
2: Maybe we could do that for other mental diseases. Has that
0: been tried? And not let the stigma control us have hope and, mo- and and everyone everyone deserves a second chance
2: right
1: absolutely yes
2: we almost finished our today's show minute. only a few minutes left
0: mm-hmm. go ahead Charles
1: oh okay. so just I want to thank y'all thank you all so much for for having me on and and well. just being able to share with each other and um, I just
0: it's been a joy it's been thank a great you, Charles. Time. you You've been very very informative, and a lot of people are better today because of you. And thank you to our audio producer, Jasper, for being with us today. Let's pray. Dear Father, Lord God of angels, armies, you are glorious, awesome, and all-powerful. You are the one who has called us as comrades into this battle of prayer for the healing and deliverance of anybody who needs counseling. Jesus, wonderful Counselor, Deliverer, and the rising one who has defeated Satan, you are at our side giving wisdom, power, and grace by the Holy Spirit that you have breathed into us. Thank you also, Lord, for your angels who are assisting us. We rely on you, Lord, to fortify us counselors, radio show hosts, pastors, and intercessors with all that we need to serve you well and to minister your freedom. Give us supernatural knowledge. Show your strong arm of deliverance. Minister your compassion and healing. May the name of the Lord Jesus Christ be glorified as we, your servants, care for anybody who needs help. In Jesus' name and by the power of the Holy Spirit, we trust you, our Father, and rejoice in your love forever and ever. Amen. This is Amy Cabo. You have been listening to The Cure. Please check our podcast, The Cure with Amy Cabo. I or... want to wish everyone again a very many Christmas, the best time of the year. Thank you to our listeners for being with us. And until next week, much love. Or also you can check our app, The Cure, <laughs> or
2: our <laughs> website, amyspurpose.com. We would love to have your feedback on the show, too. Please visit amyspurpose.com and leave us a... Your... Thank you for listening to The Cure with Amy Cabo. For more information or to get Amy's book, Love is the Answer, God is the Cure, or to listen to the podcasts of previous shows, visit godisthecure.com. Be, be, be.